0: Do you want to hear about great work happening in schools around the world? Just schools are life-giving places that address feedback, engagement, and well-being for each student. Dr. John Eckert digs deep into the current educational landscape with research, experience, and a good dose of humor and humility. Join us in the desire to do justice, love kindness, and walk with confident humility get inspired with stories of improvement in the profession that makes all others possible. I hope you're gearing up for another great school year. We're excited to be back with the Just Schools podcast. And today, I'm interviewing someone who I think of as a life-giving colleague. We all need those colleagues in our lives who help us find joy in what we do. And I've only been able to work with him for just a little over a year. He is new as an executive director alongside me in the Baylor Center for School Leadership. He's our department chair. He was a principal at a Title I high school, has served in higher ed for many years, and it's just one of those people that brings joy to everything that he does, and most importantly, the work we do together. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Bill Starrett. So excited for you to hear from him, and hopefully it's an encouragement as you gear up for another great school year. Today, we are here with Bill Starrett, who came to Baylor about a year ago. And he was must have been drawn in to a department that had had an interim chair for 18 years, because who doesn't want to take over a department that's had someone who hasn't been in the full role of chair? And the irony is we're the Department of Educational Leadership, (laughs) and we had the interim chair for 18 years, which it's a great place, but we were pretty siloed because we really didn't meet ever we just kind of coexisted and it was maybe a little bit of the time of the judges where everyone did what was right in their own eyes but they were mostly doing good stuff so we worked but it's been a blessing to have him here he's a milken award-winning principal had been at unc wilmington as the associate dean for research longtime time educator so i just wanted to open up with this bill what what drew you to baylor why did you end up here i'm assuming it wasn't really the 18-year interim
1: chair but uh, yeah. what drew you in well, John, thank you for the opportunity. And Baylor was a unique call for me because of its mission, and that is an unambiguously Christian university that is research-focused, that is aspiring to be great in terms of research, teaching, and service. And the department is doing a lot of great things. So the colleagues here, yes, were a big part of the draw. The leadership opportunities you mentioned, it was a fantastic one to bring in those Insights as a former principal and associate dean, and above all, a teacher, because we are focusing on how do we prepare educators, whether it is in sports or whether it is in higher education, whether it's in managing a complex athletic aspect or a school district, a university department. So all aspects of leadership, I think, are culminating to some wonderful opportunities here. So I think the mission the department and the colleagues here too, and the opportunity to be a part of something really special. Now,
0: I'm surprised you didn't say Penland because uh, we get to the dining hall pretty regularly because we eat for
1: $3.25 and we eat well. <laughs> we do eat well and you can't get a bad meal over there. And, and we joke about how often we go out to eat and it's, and it's so convenient and the food is delicious. I mean, where else can you have Wing Wednesday? And I think <laughs> yesterday they had ribs in, in Penland. You can get breakfast over there too. But in all seriousness, the aspect of community where yeah. we can break bread together, where we can uh, pray together, have a delicious meal, uh, joke around, tackle some opportunities and challenges, too. So I've had a number of just wonderful meals, uh, whether it's a uh, uh, a delicious greasy hamburger or just uh, something more healthy. But the community over there is fantastic. And by the way, Baylor has a number of awesome places to eat here on campus, too. So if you're ever nearby, stop by my office and uh, we'll (laughs) go somewhere fantastic. That's
0: right. That's right. So – You've also agreed to step in and be uh, the an executive director of the center with me, the Baylor Center for School Leadership. As we've made some leadership transitions, we've hired some amazing people. We've got an amazing team of educators that we work with that are in the field. But why jump into this center leadership on top of the work you're already doing as department
1: chair? You just feel like you have it all worked out with the department chair. You needed a new challenge, right? Why away? not just add something on? You know, J- John, when you look at the Center for School Leadership, what better place to align a lot of our work? With with the Department of Ed Leadership. So there are those natural overlives. But again, the mission of what the Center for School Leadership is called, to sort of be that influential Christian leadership catalyst. That is something that the field of education right now, and anyone who's in a school, who's in a district, who's in a university knows that we are crying out for direction, for leadership, and To be able to have that light guiding us, something much bigger than ourselves, to have our focus on a purpose, on a divine calling, I think is something that's just an incredible uh, mission for us to be able to, to think about how we connect people, how we cultivate leadership, how we look for ways in research, teaching, and service. Because leaders not only need to be formed and supported, they need to be equipped in the role. What is a veteran principal need 10 years into the role too. So I think the Center for School Leadership is going to help us make those connections. We are uniquely poised in Baylor having worked with some great school leaders. And I continue to be amazed by what our school leaders are doing, whether it's in San Antonio or Beaumont or out in California. We have some students in the most recent cohort, as you know, from Canada, from Pennsylvania, doing phenomenal things in Virginia, North Carolina, in California, to be able to work with those educators, to be able to learn from their learning communities, and to be able to further equip them to be powerful catalysts in their schools and districts. It's a wonderful opportunity.
0: Yeah. And so, we want to be the most influential catalyst for Christians in whatever schools are called to lead uh, around the world. And a lot of your experience, all of your experience K-12 through has been in public schools. You were a Title I uh, principal. You've had amazing experiences there. Now we're at a private university. We serve a lot of Christian school leaders that are in, in Christian schools as well because we want each kid to have the kind of education that allows them to become all they were created to be. And so, I think that's the great hope. And if you have that grounding that we're helping kids become who they're created to be, you don't get consumed by the darkness that feels like is kind of all around and the negativity that's surrounding a lot of education right now. You have that that hope. But before we jump into the the hopeful opportunities, what are the biggest
1: challenges you see ahead for education leaders in the coming years? I think several years ago, the pandemic put a spotlight on what some of the most pressing issues were. Uh, in terms of not feeling connected or in terms of perhaps just needing to have qualified teachers and principals in their roles. You know, John, I was just looking at recent research here in Texas, where we have close to 30,000 elementary and secondary administrators, too. Every year, there are about 2,100 open positions within a Mm -hmm. year span. So almost 10% of those, there's continual churn. And the NASSP, the National Association for Secondary School Principals, are predicting a growth in that churn of about 6%. Mm. So I think a big opportunity is leadership. We have a void of teachers and principals who are staying. We've heard the statistics about 50% or more not making it past the initial four or five years of teaching. Those are dire um, statistics, too. So how do we ensure that we have teachers and principals School administrators, district leaders in place, that they're excited about their Mm. work, that they are staying, that they are improving. They're not finished products when they get certified, but that they are able to continually grow and meet the needs of all students, too. So I think having the right people in place is first and foremost fundamental, too. I think to me, and again, this is where the Baylor Unique Mission comes in. What's our ultimate calling? What's our purpose? Why are we doing this work? If you lose sight of the why, then I think a lot of times that uh, you're going to quickly lose that excitement, lose that purpose, lose that fulfillment that you want to. I've heard a quote, and they say that you are an average or a composite of the five people you spend the most time with. And what I like about Baylor is we are surrounding ourselves with fantastic students with colleagues just down the hallway. And we're tackling some of these most pressing issues together. What are schools facing? Whether it's a rural school battling a drug crisis, whether it's an international school that's wanting to have professional development reinvigorate the way that teachers connect with students too. There's wonderful opportunity. And whether it's a center or whether it's one of our programs that's helping equip aspiring leaders in their work, I think we're at a great place to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, and you've started to touch on this, but, you know, we just laid out some
0: challenges. But then what are the big opportunities you see for the center and the department as we lean into this leadership? What are some of the things you're most excited about there?
1: I'm really excited about the team we have together, too. So uh, working with you as a colleague who is a professor, we've recently brought on uh, Jill Anderson in a senior director role who has an incredible background and in sort of leveraging the best resources in terms of what does it mean to how do we better engage? How do we look at this from how we talk about, communicate our mission, how we connect better. We have to hear Kodra, who is here in a coordinator role working together with us, too. Eric Ellison helps make incredible connections amongst school leaders, too. So just having a team where we sort of mm-hmm. brainstorm these ideas together, whether it's something in terms of planning an academy in which we are bringing together other catalysts, to tackle some problems related to mission, related to curriculum, related to a school improvement aspect. That's a key driving point too, is that team and how we're meeting the needs. Another piece is research. Mm -hmm. We have potential to do fantastic things. And people are seeing that we're uniquely poised, where we're being given the opportunity to work with improvement communities, such as the project in Mississippi, working with you, you, John, seeing your leadership in sort of how we are engaging learning communities to focus on flourishing, Mm -hmm. to focus on turning around perhaps issues related to school improvement and how we can equip leaders to work together in a collaborative way to focus on positive strategies, that's wonderful as well. So I think the engagement piece, the research piece coming together, just phenomenal opportunities.
0: Yeah. And so one of the things that I think we've actually thought through in our department, and then what we're thinking through in the center is we don't ever come in with solutions. We come in with processes that help you improve because so many times solutions get oversold and they become technical solutions that are band-aid solutions to gaping problems where if we just take you know, we have a lot of talent in our department, for example. It wasn't very cohesive, uh, but now with sport management and higher ed and K-12, we find places where we can overlap and do things in in community. And then with the team that we've been building at the center, you know, you mentioned Sahira, who's unbelievably talented, and Jill, who brings in all kinds of skills we did not have in the center. And then Eric, who just basically collects talent all over the world we can bring that and we try to bring some coherence to it. So, we try to give some tools, we try to focus things there that get us away from what I think educators have been not, we have not been doing ourselves a a service when we keep talking about burnout as if it's a badge of honor and continuing to discourage people from entering the profession because who wants to go into teaching when it sounds completely miserable? And then who wants to go into administration when it feels like every administrator's about ready to crumble. And so, again, if you don't have a firm foundation in your why of what you're doing, then that's going to happen. And So, I don't want to be Pollyanna about the challenges that are in schools, but there's unbelievably meaningful work we get to do every day. And so, it's a blessing to be able to do that. And by surrounding yourselves, I love your the the quote that I don't think we can say it enough. You're the average of the five people you choose to spend the most time with. It makes a big difference. And are you going to be around people that are positively feeding what you're doing with kids? Or are they dragging you down? Are you going to be part of that crab bucket culture? Are you going to be part of that turtle boil? that We always talk about the turtles that get out of the their hole in the sand by the stronger turtles, helping other turtles get out of their shells and then push them up and out to see how do we do that for our students? We only do that well if we do that with other educators as well. So, uh, I think that's what the center's really Absolutely. here to be. Absolutely.
1: And let me just encourage any of the listeners out there, maybe you're thinking right now, am I a leader? Am I somebody, you know, I I feel this tug, I feel this call, but the world's such a mess or this school or this district, whatever organization, it's in bad shape. Do I really want to step into that? And I would say, if you feel called, answer that call. Some of my role models, just looking at scripture, you look at David or Joseph or Esther, they came from very unlikely places. And I think of Mordecai encouraging Esther, you know, Esther, if not now, uh, if not you, the Lord's going to bring somebody here. But what if this is your moment? What if you were here for such a time as this? So I ask anybody when they're thinking about, do I really want to be a principal or do I really want to be a, a, a leader in sports or a leader in the university? I say, you know, if not you, then who? Think about who's going to answer that call. And I would encourage you to to dig into Scripture, to to pray, to seek wise counsel, and to really think maybe that call, maybe that tug – is a call for me to step forward for such a time
0: as this. Yeah, good word. That's a good word. What's been the most encouraging thing you've seen this year? So you've had a year at Baylor. If you were looking back, what's and there may be a number of them, so just pick one. But what's been something that's been super encouraging?
1: I have been very encouraged by our department. We have, as you mentioned, some fantastic faculty who are – really seeking and answering that call to work together. One small thing that we did is sort of carve out monthly times where we meet together. We both have a a formal meeting where we work through things as a department. We don't subcommittee things out, but we also have a lunch meeting where we say there are some fantastic places in Waco. I wanted to go to the best Tex-Mex, the best barbecue and the people we gather together and celebrate each other's birthdays once a month. So that's encouraging to break bread you know, there's a theme here, John. Maybe I'd just like to eat. We keep coming back <laughs> to this, barbecue right. and textbooks. Right. But I think in all seriousness, people are wanting to work together. I've already been able to work with colleagues such as you. I was just talking to a colleague in sport management. We have a grant that it looks like it's getting ready to send us potentially overseas to work with sports management opportunities over there. People want to work together. People want to connect the silos. And here at Baylor, we have a fantastic team, both in our department— but also across the university that are focused on things like flourishing, that are focusing on things like interdisciplinary research. So I've been very encouraged by the community that, again, is focused on our shared mission, again, to educate men and women for worldwide leadership and service, both through the academic side and the Christian commitment within community. So that community focus is something that has really encouraged me. That's right. And we try to extend that. To our students in the master's
0: program, which you got to participate in this year, you had students over to your house, we have them to our homes for meals, we kind of live life together for the two weeks they're on campus to build this intense community before they go out to wherever they're called, and they do courses online for you, and then they come back again. And those times are meaningful community-building times where we become better professionals, but more importantly, better human beings and better
1: followers of Christ because of the time we have together. That was phenomenal. And having been a part of different programs in the past as a student, having worked with a number of universities who have been designing programs and thinking about this, the master's in school leadership program that you just referenced, to be able to see Two cohorts come here over the summer for an immersive experience, where they're spending time together here in Waco from all over—not just the United States, but the world—from yeah. Indonesia, right. from Canada, from all sorts of various states throughout the U.S. as well—to be able to come together to spend time on team building. Whether it's going to top golfers, you said coming to the professors' houses. We had 70 people, I think, John, at your house That's one time. Right. We had a, right. a, a a go-kart shuttle going from one house to the next <laughs> to be able just, again, to celebrate. And, and Herb um, Cox's barbecue in his Herb backyard. Cox was, Herb Cox's barbecue is phenomenal, too. The best quote for the
0: night was, <laughs> what have I done what when you show up? Because he believed he had created the greatest
1: pulled pork of all time. And he may be correct because it was quite good. Right. But but finding the best way to bring a hybrid sort of um, approach where they're, they're, we're increasing access because they're able to do so much of the work in an um, invigorated, innovative um, virtual learning community, but also to have that immersive face-to-face time. There's no substitute for that. And as a result, you get quality. And it's been really interesting to see in our early cohorts that have graduated how they stay connected, yes. how they come back either uh, to take a, a role here at Baylor or to be able to be impactful leaders in their schools and to have this continuum of learning and growing where they are now facilitating. They're being asked by their uh, leadership teams to do phenomenal things in their schools or districts because they see the 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 quality of leadership that they are now um, providing, but they also get to come back and share with our current students right. and to be able to form sort of this network, this pipeline yeah. of leadership. I think that's just, we're going to see f- phenomenal growth over the next few years. So, yeah.
0: we have got 92 people in those first three cohorts. It's the biggest master's program in the School of Ed, and it started two years ago in the middle of COVID. Uh, that feels like providential blessing on that. And those those cohorts, they're getting together. I don't know if you're on the group chats, but cohort three is having a weekly time of prayer on Sunday night where they just get together and just pray together. And that's totally student-led. Faculty have done nothing for that. It's just they crave that time with other professionals who are doing the work together. So, it's amazing. So, we always end with the lightning round. So, I've got four questions that you try to answer in a word, phrase, or sentence, if Bring you can. <laughs> so, the first one, you have three boys, amazing, amazing boys. What would be one word they would use to describe
1: you? I want to put words in their mouth. Cool dad. Hashtag cool dad. <laughs> so, uh, nice. we we get to play all sorts of sports together, and I insert myself into the the games all the time too. So uh, and you like to win them too. Uh, you know I'm not <laughs> as good as I once was. To 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 quote a philosopher country singer, that I'm as good once as I ever was. <laughs> <laughs> that's great.
0: That's great. No, Bill's a, Bill's a competitor. He likes to win. So that's right. It makes it fun. All right. Worst advice
1: you've ever received. You know I think a, a lot of times we hear that we really need to be serious. So that whole, uh, you've heard this before, but don't smile until yep. December. Yep. Um, so that's a common one. Another one is taking away recess. So uh, a lot of yeah. times I had to work with teachers as uh, a principal or assistant principal, just sort of thinking through when we take away research, when we take recess, or we take away that outdoors time, what are the implications for that yeah. too? So again, sort of rethinking the notion of play. Yeah. No, I love that. Best advice you've ever received. Lead with joy. Mm. I think if you are a joyful leader, it's going to be contagious.
0: That's right. Yeah, you can't expect other people to enjoy what you're doing if you're not. Uh, and so, that's uh, – I, I think I, I've shared this multiple times, but Ed Week was one of my first articles Ed Week, I said, I teach to entertain myself, mm. which sounds super selfish and not really what the goal of teaching is. But the point is, if you aren't enjoying it and if you don't have joy – how
1: do you expect those that you're working with to have it? Absolutely. Life's too short. If, if you do not enjoy leadership, it, there's going to be ups and downs. We know that there's cycles in it and we have to work through those times, but you've got to enjoy your job and you are uniquely positioned as a leader to affirm other people, too, That's to, right. to be an encourager. That's right. All right. In the
0: last year, best book you've
1: read on education or leadership? I'm reading a book on leadership right now. It's interesting. It's not a typical education book, but it's called Freed to Lead, F3. It's about how men got together and they formed this workout group. So I think uh, men or women, any age, any group, finding ways to stay fit, to have daily goals, healthy habits, too. This book has encouraged me. I've been part of a local men's workout group called F3. We give each other a, a name, and the name <laughs> they gave me. We're keeping the leadership theme is Belding. For those of you that watch <laughs> ah, Saved by the Bell, they thought love this, this guy, a former principal, we're going to call him Belding. So that's if you're great. ever in, in the uh, Waco area, you want to work out, I can connect you with a uh, uh, an early morning workout group. You can work out with Mister Belding. I think that's a
0: big draw. So <laughs> that's right. Well, Bill, I love that you're here. So grateful that you're here. Grateful we get to uh, lead in the center together, and that uh, we're in the same department. And uh, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, John, for the opportunity. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Baylor Center for School Leadership.